Okay, so earlier in this week, um, it was announced, or I guess it, it kind of was reported that there was a little bit of a, a scuffle behind the scenes at the ESPYs. Uh, apparently, Draymond Green and uh, Tristan Thompson got into it a little, a little bit, and uh, a friend of the pod, LeBron James, and uh, one of Craig's most hated people, Kevin Durant, ended up uh, splitting that up. So let's say these guys actually fought in real life and nobody split it up. Who do you think win that, wins that fight? Draymond Green or Tristan Thompson? Yeah, I'm going to go with Draymond. Uh, well, I think Draymond is the one that said they're cut from a different cloth, actually. Uh, <laughs> I think those were exact words. I can't remember. I think that's what he said. But Draymond's crazy. And I think Tristan, like, I think Draymond legitimately is crazy. And Tristan tries to act like he's a little tough and crazy. But, like, Draymond actually is. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. So I'm putting my money on Draymond. I think only, I mean, only one of them has been suspended in the NBA Finals for kicking someone in the nuts before, and that was Draymond. So mm. I find what I also really liked about this, though, is I've heard multiple, multiple different sources talk about what happened, and everyone uses different, like, someone said, no, well, it was like a light brush. And someone's like, well, it was more of like a shove. And someone's like, it was a bit of a face push. So, like, depending on who you talk to, the story's much different on, like, how it was initiated. I hope it was a face push. <laughs> <laughs> I had also heard face push. But I, yeah. I, think, I think about who would win in a fight, uh, there are a few caveats. Uh, is it street rules is my first question. I think so. I think I would declare it, it should be street rules if they're going to actually fight. If it's street rules, uh, I think a moment with Draymond. Also, does Draymond's outfit have pockets uh, that he can put some sand into? <laughs> As he, like, and, and has Tristan had his hair cut recently? Because there will be some hair pulling from Draymond. Mm. Dirty, there's no doubt that Draymond would fight dirty. He fights dirty when there is no fight. He would kick him in the He would the kick balls. him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and win in a second. He's done that a few times, unprovoked. Yeah. So He would like... He would like flail like he got hit in the face and kick him in the nuts. You know what I mean? It'd be like, yeah, like, ah, and like kick him in the he nuts. He would he would probably turtle on the ground and wait until uh, Tristan got close enough, and then he would yeah he'd sucker punch him. What he would turtle? <laughs> I think have? he wouldn't back down. Do you guys think so? Tristan Thompson doesn't stand a chance at all. Like Canadian boy grew up watching hockey fights his entire life. You don't think he's got a jersey, a puncher's chance? You know, uh, straight up fight. I think that Tristan would win. Tristan's bigger. Tristan's. Bigger. Much bigger. He's probably got reach on him. Yeah. For sure. That's what I mean. This is why the street rules thing is so important. In a, think, in a straight up fight, I'm taking Tristan Thompson. I think straight up, Draymond's just going to beat him. I think Draymond... It's a big lad. I know, but I... You know how we talked about, like, Kyle being... Kyle Lowry being a pit bull and, like, how he would... Beat the hell out of Ben Simmons? Yeah. I, and probably Tristan Thompson. Yeah, I think Draymond would do the exact... I don't think he'll have a switch. Like, it doesn't matter how many times he gets hit in the face. <laughs> like, I think he just keeps going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Where I don't think Tristan Thompson has that killer instinct like Draymond Green does. So who wins in a fight between Kyle Lowry and Draymond Green? That'd be a close fight. That'd be a good fight. But Draymond Green's but probably got 40 I think, pounds. I think, I think, I think Draymond like wins. <laughs> I mean, Kyle's not going to give up, but I think Draymond wins. Hello? Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care Welcome who knows. Welcome to Sauce and Toss, your favorite sauce podcast about sports. I am Smitty. You can find me on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. 
I'm Brian. You can find me at BryReed11 on Twitter. And I'm Craig, and you can find me at Seabarks4 at Twitter. At Twitter? On, on Twitter? It is at. That at, is a thing. <laughs> on the Twitters. Location Twitter. Twitter. Name Seabarks4. Seabarks4. And I haven't posted since. I don't know. Like, when was, have you posted on Twitter more recently than your MySpace? Yes. You shouldn't have to think about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find us, uh, you can find all of us on Twitter at Sauce Toss Pod. You can also find us on Instagram at Sauce Toss Pod. Uh, and you can find someone writing over at uh, the 10day.wordpress.com. We're all in line. I love it. All, on, all, all online. Yeah. It showed. Our, our Twitter following went up about 400% over the last week and a half. That's quite easy when your Twitter following is like 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Follow us! First uh, first thing of the, the week, Shohei Otani famously goes down with a UCL injury in his elbow. I believe it was his, his elbow. Uh, that was two months ago. He's officially off pitching duties, um, but he has been batting. He has been uh, batting a bit. Uh, hit his first multi-homer game this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, two home runs. He didn't do it even when he was at 100% health. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, that there is any any chance in hell in the future that they just don't use Otani as a pitcher? No. Unless, for some reason, it's an unrecoverable thing for pitching. Because when it originally happened, they had talked about just shutting him down for a whole year. Yeah. Like, just... Straight up. If I were the Angels, I would try to have that conversation with him. I would try to convince him that he shouldn't be a pitcher anymore. Um, because Tommy John, like Tommy John, not a lot of pitchers come back from Tommy John, yes, but they're never really the same. Um, I mean, the surgery is so well done now that a lot of the time they're okay, but there's still that chance. Like, imagine all the money he'd be throwing away if he did blow his elbow next year pitching in spring training or something like that, right? Like, you gotta remember, he didn't really sign a massive deal coming out of Japan because he left early. So he will be leaving a lot of money on the table if he goes down with some kind of elbow injury in his pitching arm. That's... I would try... The Angels have to have the conversation with him just to see. I, like, why not? Like, the guy's a star, though. Like, he's an amazing pitcher, and he's a good hitter. So, like, I let him keep doing both. Like, I understand, like, you got to figure out the severity of everything. But either way, you have him to do whatever you want. But if I can get that bat and his pitching, I would do it. Yeah. Like, he's but, proven but right away. But have neither. I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. I'm trying to remember what he's I would value his pitching over his hitting, though, I think. I would have, too, until he started having UCL issues. Yeah. And that generally uses, it almost always leads to Tommy John. Like, yes. what Johnny uh, Johnny Weirdo out of uh, San Francisco just out for the season Sorry, with Tommy what? John. What was that name? I think it's Johnny, Johnny... Cueto. Cueto. Do you, I don't know should I be the, I don't think it's pronounced Cueto, though. It, it is. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to be the guy that does all the names? Uh, and no, correct everyone? If Bradburn is, uh, that's very much what Bradburn wants to do. He okay. hates all of us equally. Well, like you guys, <laughs> I think us in general have a hard time, but then I get nervous saying the way I think it's pronounced, so I just don't say it. I mean, you could yeah. just look it up. It's not that hard, guys. Um, we don't we do not do good with names, though. <laughs> I get a name, I get a name wrong almost every, every show, so mm-hmm. I apologize to everybody out there. Again, we don't claim to be experts. <laughs> yeah. We so, sit on the front porch 
and, and just uh, drink beers shop. and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we're gonna get names wrong from time to time. But anyway, he just had Tommy John, still touched ninety while he was throwing with the UCL issue. But and again, he's what he's thirty plus now, so yeah, he's getting so he, pretty old. He's been a, a good pitcher for a long time. Yeah, and so, they, I think this is his first Tommy John. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, which is bit like this that makes more sense to me like I was actually just talking about this with someone like someone's like yeah that, I would have preventative Tommy John like if I was a 17 year old kid and could throw I'm like what man like I don't like I don't I'm going on a tangent but I don't love that I don't, conversation that I don't think that any doctor would want to do that anyways no this is happening this is a thing yeah the states is like the that's weird though like I Our, the Blue Jays just... first draft pick like two years ago was a guy that got preventative Tommy John surgery yeah, that's crazy. I, uh, yeah, that's that's bonkers to me. I can't believe that a doctor would be like, yeah, I'm gonna cut you open, and I don't actually know what Tommy John is. Do they fuse one of your tendons together? Uh, well, they take they, some of your hip. They, yeah, they take uh, some of the tendon in your hip and, and put it in and right? reinforce your your elbow. Yeah. Well, t- yeah. How usually, is that allowed? And reattach. <laughs> and PEDs aren't. <laughs> it's, fair. it's like it's not like they're putting a giant elastic they, band. They in put there. a horse hip <laughs> in them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can whip. 130 mile an hour fastball. Are now. you the same? Are are you the same as a normal human being? No, no. They had to modify your body. I'm sorry, that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I, I digress. Um, I know it's a conversation. It's it's a topic that no one's ever really had to experience before because again, this guy is a monster hitter and he's a monster pitcher and he does both very very well, right? So it's it's probably going to be an uncomfortable conversation because he clearly wants to be a pitcher and a hitter at the same time, but. At some point, like, his agent's even got to be like, man, listen, like, you've hit 11 home runs in whatever many games he's played this year. Like, he's got a shot at 30 to 40 home runs every year, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can just be a power-hitting outfielder if, if he wants to be. It's an interesting know? conversation. I, I mean, like, late, well, like, I would this, year, this year he just bets and then maybe gets pitching again next year. Is that what you're kind of thinking? The the UCL injury has affected yeah. his batting though. Like his his power isn't gone, but his his like overall stats I I'm not gonna be able to right. run off the numbers, but they have decreased. How old is Otani again? Twenty three or something. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah, he was under twenty five, and that was the that was the reason why he didn't get a massive contract. But he had UCL thing when he got here. Opposite elbow. Was it? Yep. Okay. Because that was a big thing. Yeah. Like, it just... Not until he signed did that come out. But that's that's the thing, is, is with the UCL injuries, they don't always lead to Tommy John, and that one didn't. Yeah. But yeah. And he's obviously more. doing fine. I don't know. Like, I, to me, that that even that kind of further enforces my point, is, like, you cl- you have an issue in your, in your left arm, you have an issue in your right arm, you know? Should you just be batting? Should you just be batting? Right. You know? Because yeah. you... What you never know. You don't. If you have two bad, it's the same with guys with bad knees. If you have two bad knees, like odds are they're gonna always have bad knees. Like your UCL or whatever the hell, your elbows are not just gonna suddenly become ironclad unless you go get the horse tendons that Craig's talking about. Yeah, I think that's what we should do next. Is horse tendons? Yeah, just make it extra. It's gotta be a better. It's gotta be a better farm animal. Pretendants. You think so? Is there? No, I would say horse. horse would, uh, like a racing horse. That's what I mean, yeah. Like a <laughs> yeah. thoroughbred yeah, racing thoroughbred. horse. <laughs> Do you imagine they swapped out the parts and you got like some like mule? You just or got like, like a, an ass like tendon? Gorilla. <laughs> gorilla, they got big <laughs> That'd be pretty good. A pig tendon? No. 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 <laughs> okay. They're so <laughs> agile. 
These are... <laughs> uh, this is a big question that uh, maybe Mike Scotia, the current manager of the LA Angels, needs to answer. I think it's but Scotia. Is it Scotia? Is it Scotia or Scotia? Oh. Ah, whatever. Canadian. Bradburn. Uh, Let's let's we should write it down and ask Bradburn. And ask Bradburn. What's it? How do you pronounce it? We're gonna um, call Bradburn. I'm pretty sure it's Scotia. So Mike Scotia, uh, Ken Rosenthal, the athletic, well-respected baseball writer, um, had floated the rumor that he had heard that Scotia was thinking about retiring, not retiring, but stepping down as the manager of the the Angels. Right. Scotia has since come out and uh, quote unquote. Uh, said that was poppycock. <laughs> he said it was that's, poppycock. That's, that's a stern answer. Stern, stern answer. Not poppycock! A of, not a whole lot of wiggle room in that <laughs> yeah. one. What? Sorry, can you explain what that means? <laughs> There'd be a lot of wiggle room in poppycock. Yeah, we need a we need a translator. for. We, does somebody understand 1920s dialect in the room? Uh, so Is it two like, separate words? <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely aged himself. Yeah, I can't see, I can't see Gabe Kapler he, actually, saying that or... That's Aaron interesting Bird. about that is that that's Cora. None of those guys would say that word. No. He's been the manager of the Angels for so long that when he first started as the Angels uh, manager, that was an in vogue statement. Uh, Poppycock was hip with the, with all the kids. Were they the California Angels when he started? Yeah, the Calif- the actually the state of California hadn't actually uh, unionized yet. It didn't actually exist. <laughs> Uh, so he's been the manager for the last 19 years. Uh, they have Is he the longest tenured then? Uh, well, for in the league? Right now? I, I don't know. So. Is there anyone that would be longer? I don't think so. I can't think of It's another good question for Bradbury. Uh, so Rosenthal has since disputed, like, not disputed, but said that, like, his sources assured him that, that this was true. I think Socha might be just you know, tampering the fires kind of thing. Um, but if he does step down, just hypothetically, uh, do you think it'll be a pretty coveted position to the most exciting players in baseball? Uh, this was a team that didn't really have a very bright future a couple years ago, or didn't seem like it. Now it's starting to turn things around. Well, they're like the kid sibling to the other L.A. team. Yeah. So... Yeah. They're always like the second tier in that market. I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot of pressure on them not to blow this decision. Uh, in all honesty, I don't really think like when's the last time the the Angels were were good? You know? I don't even know. Were they good in the like, 90s? When's the last time I feel they like made they the were for a bit. Mike Trout's made when the was Angels once. in the outfield. Yeah. They were bad during that period because something. they were But they got good. They got good immediately following that movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because it was creepy. Um. Yeah, like he. I mean, he won. Uh, he won a World Series. Did he won two World Series. He definitely won one. Um, with like Eckstein and stuff. I don't know. I don't like. I. For me, I always find it hard to continue to employ a guy just because he's been on. Like he's been the coach for twenty years. You're gonna keep rolling him out there every single year, even though your team's losing every year. Like they've basically wasted Mike Trout for seven years and I know a lot of that has to do with decisions that are made in the front office as well but if you look at that the, the Angels teams of the past seven or eight years if you look at them on paper they're a relatively talented group of, of athletes a lot of the time yeah so at one point is the manager held responsible so like if, if going down the wormhole here yeah I know but if, if he's not going to walk away then maybe you fire him and maybe you start from scratch you know like bring in a young guy like like 
a couple first year, three first year managers right now have their team in playoff position. Um, like Aaron Boone, Alex Cora. Right, but it's not okay. Are you gonna credit them for that though? I'm not gonna credit them for that, but okay. I'm just saying it's it's they have uh, they probably have a lot to do with it ultimately. Like they're getting their team ready. They're you have to yeah. younger younger yeah. coaches. I understand. I understand relate to these players yes, a lot better than these old. And I'm guys. gonna agree and disagree with you. I agree. Sorry, Smitty. I agree that. Those guys brought in, like, <laughs> brought in uh, fresh life, but when we went to a good team, the Angels have always been a mediocre team with mediocre talent, except for, like, a handful, one or two people. And But I will say that 19 years is a long time, and unless you're... And I, baseball is really bad for people sticking with their ways, if you know what I mean, like yeah. not advancing yeah. themselves as a coach. So if you're kind of stuck in your ways, the game has changed, mm-hmm. and if he's not willing to adapt with it, then that's a different conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to go back like a couple seconds for everybody. You, if you couldn't hear the stink eye I was giving Craig right there, because Craig, being the coach in the room, just argued with Brian that the coach really wasn't making that much of a difference <laughs> on a few of your first teams. Because it's baseball and I don't, managing. Don't really. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on right now. Because <laughs> a baseball manager has like one job to do, which is manage the bullpen. I don't even understand what's happening. I mean, they is this I, a role reversal? Is a Craig, man, is that manager you? is that is his name head coach so of like the baseball team? <laughs> is his name head coach of the baseball team? No, there's a first base coach, a third base coach, a pitching coach. He's the manager. Yeah, so, baseball's got to manage personalities. I, so that I, the two things I should I should have said too <laughs> is he manages personalities and he manages when to use the bullpen. Yeah, and and increasingly defensive shifts. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but that's not necessarily the manager. Who would it be then? He will say the shifts, but his coaching staff often are the ones feeding them. I, and but giving I mean, okay, but let's staff. let's look at like a, a bit of a different example because it kind of I think it hurts my point a little bit, but also hurts your point a little bit. Like if you look at Dusty Baker getting fired by the Nationals last year, yeah. like the Nationals were. I don't want to say a perennial World Series favorite with Dusty Baker in the last three or four years, but they were almost always picked every year. And then they go and fire him. They bring in... I, I honestly can't even name their coach right now. Because <laughs> I don't... Their no, manager. The Washington Nationals. Oh, the Nationals? Yeah. The manager. Like, I can't name uh, their manager. Yeah, 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 I mean, I don't really care about the Nationals ultimately. But, like, I keep reading that Dusty Baker being gone is massive right now. And you can see it with... Yeah. All the hoopla that's going on in their friggin' clubhouse. Like, every week there's something crazy that's happening in their clubhouse, and someone's blowing yeah. up on someone, and Bryce Harper's falling yeah, apart. They, they, they're, they're a dumpster fire. Right? So, like, at this point, if I'm Dusty Baker, I'm like, yo, this Angels, you need you need a guy, give me a call. And then so, he can be a guy that manages all those personalities and yeah. maybe gets the best out of them. I think, and, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, adamantly disagreeing with Ryan. Like, I do think there is, at some point, like, this is something... I mean, it sounds I, like you did everything short of spitting in his face, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I like, but I like joke. I also like facetiously say, like, a, a baseball manager's job is pretty awesome, right? Uh-huh. Like, they really get to live the dream a little. Yeah, John Gibbs has been mailing it in for two years. <laughs> yeah, two years? Yeah, exactly. This is his second term so, mailing it in. <laughs> so, so I won't, like, I'm not going to say that he does nothing, 
but like that's me again being kind of facetious. I think though I don't I don't know enough about him as a personality and managing and like does his team suck because he's not helping them? I don't know, right? I, I can't yeah. answer that. Does their team suck because they don't have that many great players, but they have an, a generational talent? Uh, you know, like that's interesting. Does the front Two. office? Yeah, that's right. But does the front op- when does the front office come in and start putting more people around them? Because I do think that yeah, is a bit of they a conversation. They put people around them every. They Justin Upton, Pujols. Of course, Pujols didn't work out, and Upton kind of. Well, I mean, wasn't wasn't But then, I mean, like, like the when, when did they? Yeah. Other than like signing Shohei Otani, when did they make like a big trade? No, well, that's because they haven't been in position to make a big. Well, trip. Yeah. that's they, what I was saying. Bad record-wise for so long. Two years ago, this team looked like they were in a hole that they were never going to get out of. I mean, it's not like they've gotten out of the hole yet, but um, with Otani, they at least look like they're making their way out. Because two years ago, they had their the prospect um, prospect board was covered was bare. They had nothing. All I all I know is that if if Masai was the general manager of the LA Angels of Anaheim. Uh, Socha would have been gone a long time ago. Right. Because they keep doing the same thing no, no, no. over and over and over and over again, and they get the same result. Like, this guy won you a World Series. Yeah, that's great. Good. But that doesn't mean he's going to win you another one. You know? No. Like, uh, I'm a Ravens fan, and Brian Billick won the Super Bowl in 2000, but then his teams were bad from, like, 2004 to 2007, and they fired him. Right. And then Harborough, their new coach, won a Super Bowl in 2012. You know, it's like, this, you need to, it's like the natural progression. Professional coaches, unless you're Greg Popovich, probably shouldn't stay in a spot for 20 years in the modern age. Or Belichick. Or Belichick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're si- we're starting to see some of those coaches leave. So what those was are their, generational what, coaches, though. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Like, eventually, it's so like the Nashville coach, which was Barry Trotz, right? But he was there for like... 18 years or well he was there since the beginning the he was their first coach yeah. yeah he was there for 18 years but I know that's what I'm saying and now he moved on and he was the way but I started he jumped from his other his yeah. newest team well, but I started that walked away from I started this with saying like we're starting to see those coaches uh, start the ones that have been long tenured are starting to either retire or get mm-hmm. fired or Dwayne Casey was like the fourth longest tenured coach in the NBA before he got fired yeah. and it was only what eight years six years six uh, years Five or six, yeah. So, coaching shelf life in professional sports is very small. It is surprising with the mediocrity that LA has put out in so long that he is still the manager. Like, because that is just something. That's just the world of sports. When your team doesn't do very good, you often get rid of the coach. Yeah. So, I don't think those new managers would have instant success if they went to LA but they might be able to improve if they can if they're you know I don't know maybe I, a couple I, wins if I'm them I try to I try to poach some somebody from a national league team like if you're gonna go the whole route we're gonna have not that you when you have yeah not that yeah. not that you bring in a guy to coach just based on the fact that you have one player that can do a bunch of different things but if you if you bring in a national league guy then you know they'll be able to do They'll be more comfortable with a bunch of the funky shift stuff that happens in the National League. Like, in, not that Dave Roberts has been any good at, at coaching his team this year, but like that kind of thing. Joe Madden. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen. Uh, well, I wonder. Like, I wonder 
There's talk about like um, the Baltimore Orioles coach being Chuck, Chuck Buck Showalter as well. Like they might look at something like that, even though it's pretty much the exact same thing as. I know they should have. be gone too. Hundred yeah. percent. Oh yeah, doesn't make sense. And like I've been reading about John and John Gibbons, I think it's pretty obvious by now that this is his last season with the Toronto Blue Jays, more than likely. And they're probably going to fire him. They should be bringing in a guy that's going to be able to to manage, as you guys say. The young guys. I, they I do, don't know. They'll need a younger guy to... When you when you go through that rebuild, you, you there's like two ways to go about it. An old, experienced guy or a young guy who's going to relate with them. Like, And I think they'll go on the young road. I'm a very big fan of uh, like hiring off-the-board coaches. Like guys that aren't part of the regular... Guys recycling. that haven't failed before. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's Give fine. Give a new guy a shot. Yeah, and it's not so much... They. I don't really think that... It, I mean... Coaches and managers are so weird. I don't know if you really need the experience at the highest level to succeed. Like, I definitely think it helps, but yeah. I don't think it's required. There are guys, I think the personality side of it, with how large a lot of these management teams and coaching teams are in all of these leagues, in all the major sports leagues, I don't know if being the best coach is the most important thing. I think managing personalities is a huge thing. It is. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of hiring um, like guys from out of left field. Uh, to do it, and there's been some cases where that has succeeded, but I, I don't. Yeah, I also don't mind like a successful organization's first or third base coach or pitching coach getting hired as a manager either. Yeah. Like that's I'm okay. That is interesting um, to me. Well, John Cooper, uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning, is a was a lawyer and a lacrosse coach before mm. they hired him. That's crazy. <laughs> This is bonkers. That's pretty off the board. Yeah, that was pretty off the board. A little board. off the board, yeah. But it, it, it doesn't matter. He's a smart enough guy that he understands what needs to be done and how it works, and that's really all you need, I think. It does happen in coaching. Like, as in sports, like, people get to a high level, cause they, but they, I, a, lot, a lot of coaches get into it because their kids play or, like, they're a high school teacher and they don't have a coach for it, and right. they have success, and then they start pursuing further and further, and they actually become really good coaches and have never played the sport. Yeah, so uh, next thing we want to talk about, uh, the other, other California team. <laughs> what, the what, other, other. The other. What, how many California teams? There's three, just four. three. Who's the fourth? San Francisco. San Francisco, right. Yeah. Yeah, so the other, other, they'd have to be the five. San Diego. Oh, shit. No, San Diego. San Diego. San Diego is, is definitely the other California they team. are the other. They're the ultimate other California <laughs> team. There's a lot of other California teams, but uh, the Oakland A's, 24-year-old rookie Ramon Laureano, first major league hit is a walk-off home run. No, walk-off single um, for a one nothing win yeah. in the 13th inning. Saw that. That's pretty cool. It, was it against us? No, it was against the Tigers. Oh, okay. Because they also just, we just lost a four-game sweep. The Oakland team is sneaky good. Yeah, I know. Like they've they've been, done the rebuild the right way so far. Well, they only have one way to do it, and they've been <laughs> doing it for years. <laughs> There's a constantly in rebuild mode. Do you think, so if I think right now they have this, the second wild card spot, don't they? Yeah, they've been on fire in the second half. Yeah. Like I think it's so like they pose, outrageous. They pose like a serious challenge to potentially the Yankees, who 
you know, might win 95 games this year. Yeah, do you know what's terrifying? In a one-game show-off. Yeah, show, show out there. Showdown. Show Going game. into a one-game uh, one playoff against a team that has been playing out of their freaking minds. That's got nothing to lose. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. We had no business being in the playoffs, and, and it's just crazy. And that's what the second wild card has done. But that's also what makes it interesting, but also terrible for the wild card game. Like yeah. it's the most, it's an exciting game, that's for sure. But it's also a, if you have a ninety-five win team go up against a sixty-five win team, and the sixty-five win team wins, you're kind of like, yeah. oh man, like what? Yeah, because they get, they just get pasted in a five-game series the yeah. next time, right? Yeah. So we won't talk about uh, what uh, Loriano's. Uh, at bats were beforehand because I think he went over four. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> how did he do the rest of that? Game? Uh, not he... well, Brian. Not well. Uh, but that's pretty like story. Oh. story beginning. Sorry, Oakland is sixty-seven and forty-six. Yankees are sixty-eight and forty-two. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's because Oakland's been so good the last since the well yeah. all year. But Boston so. has seventy-nine wins. Yeah, never mind. Seventy-nine and thirty-four. So, uh, yeah, is there? Is there a bigger like storybook storybook uh, beginning to your career? Like, I mean, uh, a walk off home run would obviously be the peak. Yeah, it would be. But I mean, a walk off single is pretty big. Any walk off hit. Is there like a comparable thing in a in another? A dagger sport? buzzer beater three. But I like it's. It doesn't have the. Player? Yeah, I guess. I Maybe just like think, went over. I think like a guy that goes four for five with two home runs and like. Remember, remember Jake here in CBA? You, when you he had three home runs? No, he was like, I think he was three for four with two home runs, a double, and like six RBIs or something. All downhill from there. Yeah, and then that was, <laughs> that was the peak. That was peak JP. Great guy. Love listening to him talk. Love following him on Twitter. But like, that's where he peaked. It was yeah. his very first game in the major leagues. He set the, he set the uh, bar way too high. <laughs> that dude was terrible. Uh, I, I really liked him. He was a really nice guy. Like, great I can't believe I'm about to say this. Great clubhouse guy, but uh, was bad. He was straight up bad. I think in terms of your walk-off single, like I think a walk-off like double, triple, home run, kind of in that order would be the better ones. You know what I mean? Like a walk-off double or a walk-off triple would be a walk-off home runs, but a walk-off single is really nice. I think and then it goes, it goes like home run, triple, double, single, Walk. Walk off walk. A walk off walk. Nice. Good team. Your walk off walk is hilarious. Uh, I would put walk off walk ahead of walk off single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I would put walk off hit by pitch. Oh, yeah. Ahead yeah, of yeah, probably yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like taking like, it like a champ. He got in there and he took a 98 yeah, yeah, fastball yeah, yeah, by the closer yeah. and, and they win the game. Counterpoint uh, first career start, perfect game. That, has that ever happened, actually? I've never thought of it. Probably. It probably has never happened. That's outrageous. Though. I think a guy... There's, happened, been some, be... there's been some good first career starts. Yeah, a couple though. guys have gotten close to no-hitters, but I don't think perfect game. But most 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 guys that, that get anywhere close to a no-hitter in their first career starts, Just they get, get taken out by the seventh <laughs> inning. Yeah. Because they're like, I don't know if this guy's arm can handle 90-plus <laughs> pitches. Yeah. He has an 85-pitch okay. limit, and I've already put him too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate that. So we'd like to welcome Michael Bradburn of The Score um, back onto the podcast. He's been on once before. He's now on his own podcast, uh, Expand the Zone, which you can find on iTunes. When were you like, you were our like second or third episode, Bradburn, weren't you? Fourth. I think it was, I think it was yeah, third or fourth. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while since we've heard from you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah. Although there's been other exciting news other than baseball. So, that, that makes 
Yeah. Yeah, but not... Okay, you guys, have, you guys have been informing me on the other sports, so as yep. I try to get uh, further into them, I've, I've appreciated listening to you guys um, break a, down basketball and, like, sports I don't know. Is that our fan base, people that don't know sports? That's, that's what I would so. say. That's yeah. what forever. We appreciate yeah. it. So yeah. are you saying that you're now a connoisseur of the Canadian Football League? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> it's okay, neither are we. Yeah, absolutely not. It's <laughs> a uh, fool's I, errand. I do listen to your Manziel segments out of uh, spite, really. That's, that's it. I think we have Manziel uh, segments out of spite, so uh, you're right on along with us on this one. Yeah. Uh So the first thing I want to talk about for the uh, trade deadline, uh, first move I wanted to talk about was uh, Chris Axford getting traded um, after his first... John Axford? John, John Axford. I was like, no, I'm getting... blew it already. I already blew it. <laughs> Let's just start over again. Good old Canadian boy. <laughs> What's the... God damn it. I know, I'm trying to read this sideways because we're using my phone to talk to you. Uh, Sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> it is, really. God damn it, Bradburn. Well, no. It's so, the internet's fault. Yeah, that's true. Uh, John Axford gets his first career... And will be start uh, with the Blue Jays, um, and then gets shipped out to the Dodgers. Um, Aaron Luke gets traded to the Phillies. Uh, do you think that those were like the the two outside of Donaldson, the two final moves that the Jays were gonna do, or is there anything that they missed out on? I think they still will find a deal for Curtis Granderson yeah. um, post waivers, but. Uh... I assume they just didn't get value for him on the like before the non-waiver trade deadline, and know that he's a guy that will go through waivers or at least get claimed by some team that will want him that they can trade for. Um, it's it's tough to say, but yeah, um, I think the Aaron Loop return was crazy good. Like Jacob Wagner's back is not actually a um, he's not nothing to get back from from Loop, and we could actually see Waggis back uh, coming out of the bullpen Yeah. this year, like as a September call-up um, when the rosters expand. Um, I don't really know anything about the Corey Cropping guy that came back from for Axford, so I don't really want to, uh, to you know, speak wrongly to your listeners about him. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, you, you got what you could get for Axford, who's an older reliever who was the only reliever on the Blue Jays that threw hard. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's a, a guy that will help the Dodgers, but but not uh, not a guy that necessarily moves the needle much. He's not going to be Brandon Morrow. Correct, yeah. But, but he used to be. He was very, like, I would actually relate him very similarly to Brandon Morrow. Like, he used to be, but he was a closer. Well, he was, he was a closer. The, and yeah. he, he was throwing 99, 100 when he was with he was Milwaukee. He's one of the best closers in the league yeah. when he was at his peak. But it was only, like, a peak of a year and a half or two years. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I'm sorry, I'm going off script. You talked about Loop. What did you think about Loop? Like, I always liked Loop's story because he got brought up from AA and just never went down. And he was the longest tenure J. Yeah, I love Loop. To be honest, I, I didn't understand why people didn't like him. He for for a loogie, he was great. So um, uh, loogie is uh, left-handed. What, what does it stand for again? You guys know loogie? Do I have to explain it? No. Left-handed only guy. Like he's a, he's a he's a he's he only pitches well against left-handed batters. Is that what you're right. saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're just like left-handed specialists. Lefty yeah. specialists. Lefty specialists. Probably, well, pro- probably like a curveball guy too. Loopy. I sounds think. Like I think the reason guy. the reason people hated him was like two years ago, or maybe it was last year. I think it was two years ago. He really struggled, like really badly, and uh, and it was hard to. But before that, he was like literally lights out for like five years. Like he come, he would come in, and like no one could hit him. Yeah, he. I mean that shows the like fungibility or like crazy deviation that that relievers go through like any reliever can become a crap reliever in no time at all for sure so yeah it's it's tough to judge a reliever on one season like even even way Davis, like you know he he's not what he was in 2014 anymore he's just not that guy so i don't know you could foreseeable see Foreseeably, even even Craig Kimbrell, when he was with the Padres, was not that great, and now he's back with the Red Sox, and he's unbelievable. He's a top two closer in baseball, if not the best. A, a really good example would be someone like Jason Grilly, who left the Braves, who was playing was the Braves, I think, who was terrible. Comes to Toronto, lights it up for like a year and a half, and then in high leverage and was and was bad again. Like, just yeah. quick change of scenery. Got super fired up, and then then he sucked. Yeah, it's it's very odd, and they pitch so few innings that you can't really do enough like data research on what makes them so terrible. All of a sudden, so I don't know. Honestly, extremely difficult to know. But like, you see a lot of teams end up trading away relievers that are doing well. Like the Rays shipped off uh, Johnny Venters. And I think I think they did very well in that deal just to you know get a lefty off their roster, send him to the Braves, right. even though he has three Tommy John surgeries. So like, there's no telling that Benjers will be good even a month from now. And he he was incredible with with the Rays. Uh, do you think what the Rays did at the deadline was kind of surprising? There's a lot of talk going into it that the Rays were just gonna you know, raise all over it and. Uh, not actually get everything that they could be getting. But then at the last minute, it seemed like they kind of turned it all around and got some pretty good hauls. Yeah, they they did extremely well. The fact that they got Tommy Pham, I know he's injured now, but the fact that they got Tommy Pham for nothing is insane to me. He has three more years of control. He's a legit outfielder. Um, now the raised outfield is like Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, in the future, it will be Austin Meadows probably next year to be honest, who came over in the Chris Archer deal. Um, I do worry about Tyler Glass now a bit because, you know, he's if you can't figure it if you can't figure it out in the National League, I know Garrett Cole just came over from the Pirates to the Astros and turned into this insane ace for the Astros, but like Ray Searage and um, I can't remember his first name, but Mekic, like the other pitching coach for the Pirates are notoriously great pitching coaches. They turned around Francisco Liriano's career. They turned around Ivan Nova's career. They're like notably incredible at getting high strikeout guys to actually throw into the zone and trust their fastball. Well, wasn't wasn't um, wasn't Jay Happ like unbelievable with the Pirates too when he was there for half a yeah. year or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, when he came from the Mariners, he was he was you know okay. league average with the Mariners, and then. Well, yeah, it turned into an eight with the Pirates. Yeah, it went like eight or nine and zero oh or something. It was pretty insane. I remember that run. 
yeah, that's when everybody like figured out Ray Searge's name. To yeah. be honest, everybody outside of Pittsburgh had no idea who Ray Searge was. Now everyone knows who he is. So one of the one of the biggest trades at the deadline was that uh, Archer for Meadows and um, I forget the other guy's name, but that was one that of the big, now, yeah. yeah that was one of the bigger trades and um, do you think because a lot of people think that the Pirates won that trade are you on the other side of things or do you think it kind of evened out I, I'm on the Rays side to be honest I think the Rays I agree with that. the Pirates yeah um, Chris Archer is like a league average pitcher he could be one of those guys that rejuvenates his career with a new team um, he's also a very marketable star which is which is cool for Pittsburgh to get back after shipping away McCutcheon. Right. Um, but like, it's a it's a weird deal for the Pirates. Like, they're not one starting pitcher away. They're not one middle of the rotation arm away from being a contender. They're much further. So yeah, and they traded some top talent to get that. Like guys that maybe aren't looking so good this year, but last year were really good. Like highly regarded. And that like the yeah, team. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brad Burn. No, go ahead. I just the two trades that I found the weirdest was the Chris Archer trade and then the uh, uh, the when Tampa received the outfielder. Uh, Probably found, yeah. Yeah, like th- those two trades just like didn't make a lot of sense to me at all. No, yeah, they're extremely weird. And I don't know. And the Rays have had this like dark cloud over them ever since Joe Madden and Andrew Friedman left, mm-hmm. yeah. where we're not really sure what their analytics department has done recently, but this year I think they've really won over the crowd again where where they've shifted back to towards, you know, cutting costs while also maintaining at least a league average team that should uh, contend for a wild card spot next year to be honest. I I will be putting them in uh, my wild card contention barring what happens in the off season. But, you know, they're not going to challenge for a division with the Yankees and Red Sox looking the way they are, but they're much better than the Orioles and the Blue Jays. So, yeah. Okay. So speaking of, also there's a there's a third player to be named later coming over in the deal that the Pirates cool. haven't been able to announce for some reason. Is that the one and they've said is going to be really good? Like it's a yeah, significant apparently, guy. Apparently they're, they're getting yeah, like a notable prospect. Wow. So it, like it could potentially be Travis Flaherty, which is another top 100 guy. Wow. That's only like my speculation, but. I don't know. That's pretty He's like good. the third best prospect in the Pirates system. He's an outfielder. He yeah. was very good. He was signed to the Blue Jays before the draft as well. Yeah, I remember I was listening to uh, to you guys on Expand the Zone, and you were talking about Chris Archer and how he's just kind of a guy. And I was like, I, I've always thought that too. Like, yeah. He gets so much press, and people love him so much. But like, And he's always supposed to be the next David Price, but he, he never really was. And then they trade him no. for potentially three... Like, really, really talented prospects. It's pretty wild. But he did always destroy the Blue Jays, did he not? Almost always, yes. Yeah. Everybody destroys I mean, the Blue Jays. So does James Shields. James Shields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he still in Kansas City? Where is he? No, he's with the Chicago White Sox. Oh, yeah. He got traded there. That's what happened, right? Yeah, because he was on that mega deal. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't even remember who he signed with. Yeah. You know, it was probably like four teams ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot he's he not been, the sucks. He's not been the same since Bartolo Colon ruined him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there was some other puzzling trade deadline moves uh, that uh, arguably didn't move the needle at all. Uh, the Nationals shipped out Brandon Kinsler uh, to the Cubs for a single-A prospect. 
uh, which uh, probably could have been a much better return. Actually, should have been a much better return. But reports say that the only reason that they shipped him out was because management thought that he was leaking um, information to the press saying that the clubhouse was in bad shape and that they were just... It was just a bit of a mess, the environment in total. Do you think that move, them moving out their guys... I can't remember. They did um, designate a, another pitcher. Um, yeah, Sean Kelly. They yeah. Just, they just traded him. Oh, they just traded yeah, him, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They him today. today, yeah. Do you think those... I mean, they're, they're, out, of, they're out of the playoffs right now. They're... Uh, they're I don't know. There's a lot of press going on about them. They should be better than they are. A lot of their star players, like Bryce Harper, was being rumored that he's being floated at the deadline. Um, which was probably baloney, but um, do you think them making those moves, those clubhouse moves, does that help them at all? Do you think it does? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to tell, to be honest. It's, um, you know, this is a, the Nationals are a very frustrating team, I think, for many, many reasons. And it starts with dismissing Dusty Baker like he was the problem with the Nationals when really... I think Dave Martinez, who was very well uh, loved as, as the bench coach under Joe Madden um, with the Cubs, you know, if, if he can't do it, maybe it's not Dusty Baker's fault either. Like, this team is just not as good as everyone thinks they are. I think they're still the best team in the NL East. I, um, I didn't hear the Kinsler report that, that he was shipped out because he was leaking information. He also kind of sucked. Um, like he 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 was notoriously a ground ball guy when he was with the Twins before the Nationals acquired him uh, last year's deadline I think Um, and for some reason he just like gave up on ground balls this year and tried to go for swings and misses which is not something he's good at sounds like Stroman so so he just yeah he just kind of sucked so I I didn't mind them getting rid of Kinsler it was a little bit weird that they got rid of Kinsler and then shipped out Sean Kelly for no reason because Sean Kelly is actually really, really good. There's a case that Sean Kelly was the best reliever in that bullpen, even ahead of Kelly Carrera. So, honestly, yeah, I don't know what the Nationals are doing. I, if you had to press me, I would still pick the Braves to win the division, even though they're back in the Phillies. Um, and, yeah, I, I still think the Nationals are going to miss the postseason. I, so, I Partly wants to root for them to do it, but yeah. I don't think they can. I Sorry. agree. Go ahead. So of the of the remaining contenders, who do you think is going to make like a big kind of non-waiver trade? De- or sorry, is it the waiver trade trade deadline? That's we in just August? passed the non-waiver yeah. deadline. So it's the it's the the trade deadline in August. Who do you think is going to make a move like a Aiken, like the Justin Verlander type thing that happened last year? Do you think anybody or are we anticipating any big moves? Anything like that coming up? It kind of feels like those moves have already happened. I, I think Brian Dozier will be like the, the sneaky buy-low guy that just tears it up for the Dodgers. I think yeah. he's the like Verlander-type player of this year. Um, I don't think a big player goes. Like, Donaldson will probably go. Other than that, it's, like, it's just bad players. Like, Matt Harvey will probably get moved. Um I mean, we saw Tyson Ross go from the Padres yesterday, which which was a bit of a weird one. The Brewers could probably add someone other than Jordan Lyles to that rotation, too. Oh. Uh, who they also got from the, from the Padres yesterday. 
Brabber, um, talk to me a little bit more about the Brewers. They're trash. They're really annoying. Why do they add, um, like, five new infielders? Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> it's so frustrating, because, like, all of April and May, they were the most exciting team in baseball. Like, by far. Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich were both tearing it up. I feel like they that, were walking yeah. off teams with impunity. Last year they just, yes. they just, like, couldn't lose. They never lost, it felt like. And they held a, I think, like a four-game lead on the Cubs well into um, June. And they coughed it up. And it just seems like they were legitimately two starters away. Like, Chris Archer would have been a really, really nice fit. And From Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And instead of, because oh, they, they, they need a middle-of-the-rotation guy. Chris Archer's a fine middle-of-the-rotation guy. It's just like... He doesn't push the Pirates into contention, but he sure would help the Brewers get the wild card spot. Right. Um, Even a Jay Happ could have went there, and honestly, the Jays could have got a way better return, probably. Honestly, and you know, if it's tough to tell because you don't actually know what the Mets are going through, but if they had a shot at Degrom or Syndergaard, I don't know how you don't like sell the entire farm for for one of those guys because the Brewers are so close to the wild card spot and I feel like they're going to lose at this point. It feels like they're going to miss the postseason um, and probably finish like painstakingly six or like one game back of the second wild card spot and even if they do make the wild card spot, they're starting Hulish Jacin in all likelihood who's their best starter and he's bad. (laughs) Unless Jimmy Nelson comes back in time and He's coming off of shoulder surgery, so it's not someone you really want to like count on in a must-win game. So it's tough, yeah. I, and then that doesn't even address the infield, which yeah was stupid. Mustakas is a fine addition if you want to try Travis Shaw at second base. It's fine, I guess. Yeah. It's it's still weird when there were a ton of shortstops available. Well, you could have got Machado. Yeah. Um, you could have got. Eduardo Escobar, even, which was a much more attainable asset. And you still traded away Brett Phillips, who was one of the team's top prospects and major league ready um, in the Moussaka deal. And then they traded away, like, I can't remember. Oh, Cody Madero in the Jonathan Scope deal? Or no, Cody Madero went over in the Joaquin Soria deal. And Joaquin Soria has been quite good, but like, if you were dangling Cody Medeiros, Cody Medeiros is better than Billy McKinney, yeah, who sure. the Blue Jays acquired in the Jay Half deal. Yeah, and <laughs> I sincerely doubt the Blue Jays actually wanted a utility infielder who's below league average. I hope not. With Brandon Drury, so like, I don't know what. There's a bunch of moving parts. You know, you're not privy to all the information, but the Brewers paid premium prices for sub-premium players when they could have got, it feels like, a lot more or a lot better value. Do you think if they're if they're still in contention for the wild card spot, do you think they take a run at a Marco Estrada, bring him back there? Um, they're pretty familiar with him, and he's been better since he's been a J. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. It's, it's tough because, you know, it is still a very hitter-friendly park. And Marco Estrada is still a fly ball pitcher. Yeah. And he made that work in Rogers Center, which 
you know, is, is not, it's like league average-ish to slightly hitter-friendly. Um, but he did do it against much harder lineups than the NL Central. So it's tough to tell if, you know, Marco Estrada would just turn back into a pumpkin in a Brewers uniform or if he could, you know, serve some sort of surplus value. I don't know. There, it's very frustrating to even think about where the Brewers put themselves. Because, like, there's, unless they go and get DeGrom or Syndergaard in the offseason, I still don't like, I still don't love their chances. They need an ace. Yeah. Or, like, four pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to Sauce and Tossed. Uh, we're gonna. Everybody knows the drill. Sauce is good. Tossed is bad. Uh, gonna run through some current news items from around the sports world. Uh, Ray Lewis, uh, Baltimore Raven, um, gets inducted into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tossed. Tossed. <laughs> wow. We are not gonna talk <laughs> about. We're, we're, we're not. <laughs> there are some there are some reasons why that should be, but we're not going to talk about them around Brian. Um, but uh, he did have a 33 minute long acceptance speech. Oh my god! Soster tossed. I sauced it because he told everybody it was going to be that long. <laughs> it wasn't unexpected. They were like, so a reporter asked him before. They were like, uh, are you going to adhere to the 15 minute limit? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, please, let's not even talk about that. Of course, I'm going over. And he brought his own wireless mic. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a preacher up there. I haven't watched the speech yet. I'm excited to watch the speech, but all right, yeah. Um, I'm also going to toss it. I thought that's ins- that's insane. That's so unnecessary. Uh, yeah, it's it's tossed. That's so long. I mean, he's on TV already. Like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. You're on all the time. We listen to you. It's fine. Brabern. Man, I don't know. Tossed because I don't like him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. So uh, you can't yeah. get into it, I guess. But I would like to know more. No, we don't, we don't, I want to talk about it. Uh, so as an aside, he was also three minutes short of the unofficial record for longest acceptance speech, which was Brett Favre uh, wow. for thirty six. Thirty six minutes. Favre. 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 <laughs> I would. I think I would I rather. I would have stopped it if he got the record. Yeah. I would have, uh, yeah. If he like went out of his way to be the longest ever, I would have appreciated that much more. Yeah. I just imagine, yeah, like filibusters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Ray Lewis is a much better speaker than Brett Favre, so like it would have been a more interesting speech, I bet. Yeah, like and for the final three minutes, they're like, "You're running short. You're running short." So he's just like, "R, A." He just spells <laughs> his name for the next three minutes. <laughs> that would be much better. You did it. Uh, I would have liked to see him get the record. That would have been funny. Yeah. So Rangers relief pitcher uh, Jake Dykeman, um gets traded in the middle of interleague play with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, um, the team who traded for him. So uh, the D-backs sent Baxter the Bobcat, their mascot, to the visitors' clubhouse to go pick him up in their very awesome bullpen uh, baseball-shaped cart. Wow. Saucer toss. Sauced. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Sauced. I, I'm a big fan of like someone coming in the bullpen cart because I think it's hilarious. They made like a little. There was a Twitter video of them of him taking him from one to the other, which is pretty great. Remember when we like? I know this is a tangent. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I still want to see relievers come in for a fight on the bullpen cart. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> like all six, six of them at once, <laughs> like hanging off. Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bradburn. Yeah, unanimously thought. I especially liked uh, Jake Beekman's weird hat. <laughs> in, 
in the video too. Like he's wearing like <laughs> the biggest cowboy hat I've ever seen, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because it's a big hat. So uh, it's funny because it's a big hat. <laughs> it's a big hat. Do you get it? It's a big hat. It's um, a big hat. It's so the uh, saucer toss, the Diamondbacks mascot being a bobcat and not a snake for some reason. Yeah, that's tossed. It should definitely be some kind of snake, like a snake man. Yeah. I understand that that's not very marketable because it would be terrifying. <laughs> but I would like to see a snake. Snake run man. <laughs> I'm also tossing it. I think that's outrageous. I don't even. I I haven't looked this up, but uh, do bobcats eat snakes? I feel like they might eat snakes. Uh, probably not a diamond bag. No, I feel like you wouldn't eat a diamond bag. Yeah, but... that'd be a tough. Craig. Yeah, it's just confusing. I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Bradburn. I've never, I've never even thought about it. Why is it a bobcat? I Why? have no idea. <laughs> Do they even have bobcats in Arizona? Oh, probably. I don't know. They have a lot of... Um, all right, uh, oh, another... Okay. His name is D. Baxter. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, why? <laughs> um, yeah, why? Okay. Make it clear. Um, okay, uh, hypothetically, untaggable object versus unavoidable tag. Could Javier Baez tag out Javier Baez? Oh, that's... A... That's tough. I don't even know how to deal with that question. Does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying yes. His tagging ability is slightly better than his sliding ability. Also, of predicting the slide, he would know. He would know. That's true. <laughs> but he would That's also great... know how he would tag. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Good he point. couldn't tag himself. I don't think he could tag himself. I think he could tag him. I've seen. I some think he could tag him. Slides. Not even looking. I think he could outslide himself. I think he could. He's ridiculous. He's so wet. Right, do you want to know why he's called, why he's a bobcat? Sure. Because it was originally called Bank One Ball Park, which is B-O-B, Bob, and then they just made him a bobcat. That's stupid. <laughs> it's extremely stupid. I'm, I'm very much, very much tossing that. Very tough. Um, okay, uh, Nationals relief pitcher. We already talked about this. Sean Kelly threw his glove down after giving up a ninth inning home run in a 25 to four win versus the Mets. Uh, he immediately gets designated, um, and then I guess traded. Saucing or tossing, doing that to a pitcher. Oh. Well, we already talked about that place being a bit of a dumpster fire. So I'm sure there's a lot that went into it. And Bradburn, you said he was their best reliever, in your opinion? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I, I he came in to close out a 25-3 to three game? Four. Yeah. Four. Oh, yeah, no, it was 25 So he was already not very happy that he was going into the game. I, I, yeah, it's he, weird. He hadn't pitched for four days, I think. So I think it was uh, a matter of, like, just getting him into a game. Yeah. And also, like... You're the reliever. This is kinda of your job. Like <laughs> I know it's a terrible score, but like what do you what do you want? I don't you want like Daniel Murphy to pitch? Like I don't get it. Yeah. I I toss it because like I toss it. Too, are you yeah. kidding me? You you're gonna release this guy because I if if anything I want a relief pitcher to get pissed off when he gets like a that he gave up a home run that made it twenty-five to four instead of twenty-five to three, and then he just—I think he was—I think he was also pissed because the home plate hump was telling him, "Hey, let's hurry this up. I want to go home." Uh, yeah, probably. Second yeah. base and the second base hump was saying, "Like, hey, don't balk. Like, <laughs> call the balk up. 
Um, did, so. you, did you guys see the... I'm sorry, I, again, tangent. I know I know you have to leave, Smitty. <laughs> Jesus, uh, these are binary questions, people. But did you see the reliever who slid and fell when he was delivering his pitch and got called on a buck? Like, he was real, like his toe got... Did you know? Oh, yeah, he got caught on the rubber, yeah. Oh, my God, it was hilarious. Okay, so same game. So he gets designated because it's disrespectful to the Nationals organization, apparently. Yes. Uh, Same game, uh, the Mets had Jose Reyes pitch. Um, Does he get designated because that's about as disrespectful to the Nationals organization as it gets? (laughs) Sauce or tossed? He should have got designated. (laughs) Sauce, the idea of designating him. He's yeah. bad. He's I such mean, a he's, bad he's baseball player. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason for him to be on an MLB roster. He's a bad person. No he's a bad baseball Absolutely player. Absolutely no reason. Um, Jerome McGinley uh, retires as a Calgary Flame this week. Uh, are you saucing or tossing the idea that he is a first ballot Hall of Famer? He's, he is. That's easy. Sauce, yeah, for sure. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer, for sure. Yeah. I know. How does ballots work in hockey Hall of uh, they that, vote in. I believe they vote in three, and then they vote in t- uh, two builders, three and one builders. Sorry. I believe it's the Major League Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all unanimously saucing the idea. Uh, also, bonus points if anybody can tell me what his full name is. Yermer Yager. <laughs> Jerome Arthur Lay Adekunle Tig Junior Elvis Aginla. Wow. Wow, no, you guys never, weren't even close. Never would have got that. Uh, Wait, I think I was the closest. What, did, you work, did you work in Art Vandalay in there? Arthur Lay. I'm pretty sure I think so. Art Vandalay. Art Vandalay. Art Vandalay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, uh, tennis star Andy Murray uh, comes back from a hip injury um, in his first uh, like tournament play at the City Open in Washington. Um, he was pissed off and ended up withdrawing after one of his matches started at 12 a.m. Oh. Uh, due to rain delay. Are you saucing or tossing the idea of athletes having a problem with this sort of thing? That's a problem. Yeah? What yeah, yeah. What's the problem? He was mad because he had to play a match at 12 a.m.? Yeah. That's a problem. Like, the a problem that he was acting that way, or the problem that they were scheduled at that time? Scheduled that time. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. that's so ridiculous. Yeah, he had, the, he had a right to be mad. Absolutely. 100%. So, I think it went into, it also went into Just call extra it. sets. Rain delay. Um, it's the same thing. Alex Cora got pissed off when they were up five nothing on Baltimore when that game never should have started or whatever last week or the week before. It ended up going until three a.m. So I'm also tossing that idea. Bradburn. Yeah. Unanimous tossing. All right. Uh, Padres right fielder Carlos Gomez gets beaten by White Sox pitcher Carlos Rodon, um, and then flops around uh, doing his best Neymar in, uh, impression. Um, I, asked, I think he also led the, the league last year with 18 hit-by-pitches. Uh, are you saucing or tossing the idea of him making a joke of it? Uh, is, is, is it always on me first? I don't understand. Yeah, I'm, you go first. I'm saucing it. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so he made a joke on purpose? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. He he made. He was like purposely rolling around. He like kind of like took a step and then he like fell on his like side and then was rolling around for about twenty seconds. Oh, that's funny. I saw yeah, it too. Totally saw it. I love personality in baseball. And he's a geek. Yeah, he's he's also having a really really bad year. So he have uh, some I'm, fun, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm I'm tossing that. 
Or, I mean, saucing the story. Saucing. Um, I'm in such a rush to get out of here. Too. I am. I'm already late. So um, stop asking questions. That's it. like 40 questions. We're done. We're done. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Bradburn, uh, for joining us. Uh, you can check out Bradburn on uh, Expand the Zone on iTunes. Uh, the score. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Right. I don't know what, and, what else is it. And we'll be blogs. and we'll be looking forward to our invite to be on Expand the Zone as well. <laughs> with with all our baseball knowledge. Wow, that's harsh. Ouch. Well, but we invited right. you. Um, it's just I don't curious. think that's how it works, Craig. I, what? Um, Podcast etiquette. Thank you so much for taking time in your busy day, Brapper, and we'll let you get back to work. And we love you. I mean, no, you're not working. Don't tell anyone you were working during this. <laughs> I hear. Do you, do you have a hot date tonight, Smitty? Or? He does. I have to go. Um, <laughs> he does have a hot date tonight. He's late. He's half an hour late. Thanks, Brapper. All, right. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for today's episode. This has been Sauced and Tossed. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Sauce Toss Pod. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. I just wrote an article on the 10day.wordpress.com about what the Leafs can do to upgrade their defense heading into the season. And I'm Brian. You can find me on Twitter at BrianReed11. And I'm Craig. You can find me at Twitter at CBarks4. And it's been nice saucing. And also... Tossing. Witch <laughs> Guys, it's really hot to go. This is your own fault, Steve. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Sometimes we rock and roll. Sometimes we stay at home. And it's just fine. Good. Good night. This is my last resort. Wow. I'm really good. You don't know that song? Oh, I am very well aware. <laughs>